0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. For new users, download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course don't forget to download the SGPN app. Your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes sir. It's been so long since I've been here hosting on a Friday. So you know what that means? It's Friday's parlays time. It's parlay rail in the building. Villain rail. Terrell Furman Junior. I am here. Hello. How is it going, world? And do I have anything to rant about today? I actually don't think I have anything to rant about today. Talk no. About yes, I do. Knicks. I remember. No. No, not the Knicks. Okay. We're not talking about the Knicks. We're not. We're not talking about bad. You. We. I haven't introduced you yet. Don't talk yet. I haven't okay. introduced you. Right. <laughs> we're not talking about bad basketball. We're gonna talk about. The NBA is so freaking soft, man, because the fact in this week we have seen that Austin Rivers ejection and the Chris Middleton injection last night is absolutely disgusting and terrible. It is, ab- it is really, really bad. And I think Chris Middleton injection only looks worse because Bruce Brown took a fall, but he really didn't. like He really didn't hit that man that, like that hard at all. And he was checking on him the whole time he knows that that was unintentional at all now luckily for the bucks Chris Milton was stinking the place up so him getting ejected actually fueled them to come back and win that game because he was just terrible and he probably would have cost them the game at some point this has to this has to come to an end this referee and this this I know we don't want it to be like the 80s or even 70s where you're just tackling people and knocking them out on the ground. I get that, but this is ridiculous, guys. Austin Rivers actually deserves an apology. He really does. Now, before he interjected himself and tried to make me talk about bad basketball, I got my guy with me again, Scott Rochelle. Scott, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. How's it going with you? Uh, as you mentioned with the Middleton thing, I was hoping he would not get ejected because the more shots Middleton takes, the yep. more likely the Nets are to win the game. That means Giannis is less likely to ball hog down the stretch, which he kind of needed to because the Nets could not stop him the entire game. Uh, it was a hell of a game. Not really much more to add there. Nets looked like one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Of course, Milwaukee right now is looking like a slightly better team, but it's, the point is it's close. Uh-huh. I think it would go seven if they were playing in a series, but either way, point is is that yesterday just had a great basketball game. One team had to win. Turned out to be the Bucs. The Nets kind of fell apart down the stretch. But anytime you got two shots at a game winner from Durant, you got to like your chances, and unfortunately none of them went in. That was my main takeaway. Just a great basketball game. Besides that, really not much else worth talking about. Uh, Atlanta basically wrapped up the final playing spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, besides that, yeah, that's pretty much it. You got anything else you want to add? Because I felt like that was kind of the main two storylines from yesterday. Besides Harden being awful and Doc Rivers calling him out.
0: No, that's about that's about it for me. And we got the third man in the booth today. It's my guy, my brother from another mother, DT Titus. What's going on, brother?
2: Uh, what up? Uh, that was a great segue, Scott, because uh, I'm not here to talk about the Sixers either because they're another fucking disappointment. Um but yeah man it's uh the basketball season is winding down and it's these lines are fishy fishier than ever and we got a lot of playoff races and implications over the next you know 5 to 7 games for some teams and uh it's a good it's a good spot to be in before we start to assess the playoffs but I don't know if I believe I don't know if I have as much optimism as Scott does in the Nets man I think that that defense is suspect they're going to get bullied by like real squads in the Eastern Conference, I mean, yeah, sure, they could might be able to. I was get was gonna out say, the how many,
1: many real squads are there in the <laughs> Miami? It's just Miami. Fair. It's just it's
2: Miami. Fair. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, I think the Sixers could bully them a little bit, though. Like in the seven-game series, I think that they could definitely get used to it. And I, I mean, we already saw Kevin Durant back to live tweeting at, at half at a uh, after the game to the, all the trolls and stuff. So I mean, yeah, they're just extremely soft. But speaking of soft, yeah, the refs are ridiculous. Um, Should have been a flagrant, but not an ejection. I don't know where we where we go from here. Like it seems like we can't get it right in any sport, what the what the refs. I don't know. Maybe it's time for the bots or some shit. I don't know. But yeah, this ain't it. <laughs> like the BCS
0: <laughs> and <laughs> automated referee system. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something. Oh man. Too much human All error right. at this point.
0: It's it's just so subjective. It's so subjective. Yeah. And I think that I don't know, maybe it's I don't know. It's just a weird mindset. Those guys, and we got to start finding these refs. We got to start finding these refs for these terrible calls like this. They, if it fine, is suspension. Something there's a there is a punishment for the players. There needs to be a punishment on the ref side because you shouldn't be able. I'm pretty sure refs get banked. i wonder, how much do refs make? They should they should get bread. I mean, they make a nice I like living. Get Other than they get yeah. fined, I think they just they make a get nice
1: removed potentially from playoff consideration
2: stuff like that. Right? They just get decimal points. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I think the team should be able to like vote on the refs that in the playoffs. Like those playoffs teams should get send their ballots in, and you know that goes into consideration of which refs go in. Because if every team sitting here and says that we don't fucking like Scott Foster, why is Scott Foster always referee and everything?
1: Yeah, but Boogie Cousins hates every
2: ref. So how's that gonna? How's that supposed to work? <laughs> Oh, Boogie's man. not getting a vote in that one. <laughs> you have to have under at least like an average of 10, 10 technicals a season to be, mm-hmm. to get a vote into that.
0: So I saw a list, and it's the list of people that are close to sixteen technicals is ridiculous.
2: Luca, he's probably up there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But Luca just acts tough. <laughs> um, got that man, game now. Where's though. that list? Bo- was Boogie a, was has a crazy to be over sixteen
2: at this point, and he missed like half the year. he's, he's got to be. Glad and, on he and he only gets, gets like fifteen minutes a game too. It's yeah. so impressive. His technical uh, per minute ratio, though, is top of your stuff.
0: Okay, so it was through the 28. It was Luca has 15, Westbrook has 14, Embiid has 14, Trey is 14, Mello has 14. See, this says Mello. Mello. And I'm pretty <laughs> – no, Mello? wait, wait, wait. Wait, this says Mello, <laughs> L- but I'm L- pretty Mello? sure – Yeah, okay, no. So, wait, Mello has 15? <laughs> this crazy. is actually mellow. Mello. Wow, Melo has what the fuck
2: are you doing? <laughs> They're not good enough for him to have that many texts. Hey,
0: what is Melo doing with fourteen? What is he getting hyped on up season? on at
2: thirty-seven years old? I'm assuming
1: that people he he keeps getting mad because opposing players keep picking on him on defense. So he just yells at every <laughs> foul call he has against. Fight to guess. Yeah.
0: What the fuck? That threw me off. All right, and then at the Trey Young one has... throws
1: me off to be honest. Because in early year when they weren't hard. calling it, like I can get that, but recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Trey I'm going to have any issues. He's been walking into 30 points every night.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think so, Trey is the most surprising one on that list for me. So, wait, all right, here's – oh, and Kat and Harrell both have 13. So, it's is Doncic is 15? Yeah, Doncic 15. Yeah. Westbrook, Embiid, Trey, and Mello at 14. Kat and Harrell at 13. Even yeah, Westbrook I don't know what – I'd kind of like
2: to see Kat on there. That's good.
0: Yes, thank you. That is my that is my favorite. That cat is up there. Yes, cat get to sixteen and miss a game because at least you know that means you're standing up for yourself. You're not out yeah. here fucking being nah, soft Pat, as hell.
2: Pat Bev definitely uh, gave gave some uh, credibility to that to that Minnesota team, and I think Anthony Edwards is a dog a dog in training. We'll call him. He's a little pup, but he's eventually going to be a really nice two way player. So whatever they needed to inject into cat's veins to give him some aggression i'm all i'm here for it they needed that absolutely absolutely
0: i love this cat i love this cat this cat is great this is good cat next year cat's going to be an mvp candidate let's just go ahead and say that
2: Ooh,
1: they got I'm to saying, win a lot more trolling, games to be an MVP i'm kind of trolling <laughs> when i say that
0: but i wouldn't be surprised literally they're he's just winning games away from being an mvp candidate so if, you're if, if they ever start welling
1: just to confirm you know I don't think I like
0: that. <laughs> I don't think I like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. We have a number of games on the slate, so we're not going to take up too much time talking about bullshit. Uh, Here. No, wait. Yeah. Let's, Before we no, actually let's get talk started, about
1: window. I kind of want to segue into what happened with the Sixers last night because I know that Dan is a fan. No offense, but I do I'm think it's worth talking about I hope you want to come the game. back to
2: it. Uh, <laughs> not
1: about the game. But I want to know if you think after the Ben Simmons thing blew up in the franchise's face, if you think Doc Rivers should have called out the star player or if maybe he should have pivoted. Because watching the game or even just following the game on the box score, it was Harden's fault. And let's be real, he was awful last night. But after everything went so poorly with how that it worked out with Simmons and how Harden's been known to jump ship at any form of criticism, do you think Doc should have kept it within – or do you think he was right saying it publicly?
2: Um, I think that this is him trying to correct what he made when he made the mistake last time. Um, I think that he needed to put more blame on Ben before it got to the playoffs, and now I guess he's trying to do the same thing before the playoffs to kind of do it as like as a motivational experience or something. But like James is too grown for this. He's a he's a veteran. He's a, an adult. I don't think that this went over very well, but I don't think it's also enough for him to jump ship. Like, I think he rocks with Daryl Morey way more than anyone fucks with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is gone at the end of the season. And if he's not, (laughs) I got to revoke my fan card for the Sixers because I think it's a bigger problem than, yeah, Harden played like shit, but he's been known to play like shit. These rotations and the non-Embied minutes are, what ki- are what's killing the Sixers. Their bench is atrocious. They never want to get the young guys in there. We're still trotting out Paul Millsap and freaking um, – Shout out to DeAndre. <laughs> DeAndre. Yeah, exactly. We got DeAndre. Like, why is he even getting minutes at this point? Like, he's a shell of himself. I'd rather see Paul Reed in there. Run small ball. You have plenty of options. Like, I just don't understand what Doc is doing, what he sees in practice, and how that translates on the court. This team is in trouble because his leadership is sus, and it's been sus for years. We've known this. The only time he's ever won is when in Boston. Every other time in the playoffs, it's been a choke job. So I don't know how much more Daryl needs to see from his head coach to know that this guy isn't going to lead this team into the future. They practice in Philadelphia? Uh, actually, in Jersey. Oh. Like, practice. South Jersey. Talking about practice? <laughs> oh, it went over his head. It went yeah. over his head.
1: I, he didn't get it, so I had to interject. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. I mean, we were talking
2: Iverson uh, era, man. That shit yeah. wasn't even, man. That shit's too old, man. Even I'm the old head, and y'all are bringing up some old shit. We ain't talking oh, about Iverson. The Let's talk about the motherfucking Sixers that are present. They don't even want Iverson even around the organization, which is some other bullshit, but... Yeah, I digress.
1: I, was, I wasn't bringing up the actual game because that would probably get you too upset, even though losing to Detroit is kind of embarrassing. But I just meant in general, because yeah, yeah. people are going to talk about the Doc Rivers stuff. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like that was the main story there because it's kind of rinse and repeat, except Harden has been there, done that, unlike Simmons. But we've seen Harden definitely quickly turn on teams. And I do agree. I think that if this overall quote from doc rivers does anything it secures this pink slip at the end of the year i think that was my main takeaway yeah,
2: yeah exactly yeah that uh, me too um and if they did differently like i don't i still don't know that like this simmons situation would have worked out like i always had a feeling that simmons was going to dip regardless he just seems like he's a guy that wanted to be in la or in some higher bigger market that i don't know he could just be like a fucking celebrity athlete like everybody else that's trying to do things bigger than basketball but um yeah, I, I feel like it just signed the death the death certificate for Doc Rivers at this point. Yeah, you can't much. you can't call out your second best superstar like that against a, a shitty team like Detroit. But honestly, Detroit's been one of the better teams in the NBA over the last month. So, like, as much as that looked like a bad loss, like that team is actually playing pretty well. Um, but just more disrespect to the fact that the Sixers aren't real. So we know that.
0: Who we Eastern Conference
2: is. Up for grabs, I'll tell you that. Wide open, wide open. Oh shit! What? No. Nope. Oh no, no breaking news? Yes, no, Maybe no, so. no, no breaking news. No. no
1: breaking news in baseball, but this isn't a baseball podcast, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, what is it? What is it? Uh, Campbell we got, got
1: traded from the White Sox to the Dodgers.
2: Ah, uh, Dodgers the Dodgers, get are, richer.
1: the Dodgers. Where does are LA like...
2: come up with all this money in every sport? You know, Bobby Wagner signs for a $60 million deal with the Rams a couple days ago or yesterday or whatever. Like, they used to be pulling money out their ass, man. Mm -hmm. But that's tough.
0: Who we? All right. Looking for the Las Vegas style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five star women Resorts properties. From classic table games to the best slots, thrills and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a one hundred percent first deposit match up to one thousand dollars. The WinBet win hour is from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet $500 on college basketball games Thursday through Sunday and be entered to win a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. For example, if a patron wagers $1,100 on men's college basketball tournament Thursday through Sunday, you'll be eligible for two entries into the prize draw, 500-500, two entries. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer such a change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and enter and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And SGPN is at it again, this time giving away $1,000 in their final four contests. Respond to 10 questions, and whoever has the most correct wins $1,000 to enter just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. All right. Fellas, we have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 game slate. We got to get through this and we're not going to take three hours to do it. First up, we have Dallas thro- going to DC, maybe a stop by U Street. And they're playing the Washington Wizards where Dallas is laying eight and a half to 17 and a half on the total. Let's pull up the injury report here for the Washington Wizards. Vernon Caring Jr. is out and Kyle Kuzma is still out for this game. For the Dallas Mavericks, we have uh, Frake is questionable with an ankle injury. Theo Pinson is still out with that finger injury. Hopefully he's still on the bench. Trey Burke is still out, and Sterling Brown is still out. He's actually in health and safety protocols, which is funny because I can't remember. It's been a couple weeks since I've heard health and safety protocols. All right. Scott, let's start with you. You got eight and a half with Dallas in D.C. What are you doing with it? You think I'm gonna fade Porzingis
1: in a revenge game? No, actually. Uh, looking at the breakdown here, Dallas, of course, in better form. Washington, though, quietly been playing decent basketball recently, uh, mm-hmm. winning three of four. They haven't really played anybody. They beat Detroit. I know Jeremy Grant got injured in the first quarter of that game, so that definitely helped. Golden State's been insanely terrible since Curry got injured. They lost to Chicago and they beat Orlando, and Orlando is actively tanking. So Washington's won three of four. Dallas has won each of the last three, beat Utah, beat Los Angeles, and then beat the Cavs. Kind of similar story. Of course, Dallas's three games are definitely better in terms of competition, but Utah, not very good. Cleveland's falling apart, and the Lakers are terrible. So the question is, I really want to lay nine on the road. I don't think I do. I think I'm going to take the points. I feel like this is a little bit too large. Dallas is a decent road team, 21-17. They're not amazing by any means on the highway. but. I do think that this game will be surprisingly close. Washington's been, I said before, a little bit feisty recently. Poor Zangas, I think, will play well. And some of the younger guys have kind of stepped up. I know Avdi has been playing better lately, for example. But nine on the road, I'm not that attracted by it. I'm going to take the points.
2: All right. DC, what are you doing? Um, spread wise, I'm gonna stay away from it. Um, I see 93% of the money is on Dallas as well as the public at, uh, let me see what the percent was 63%. Um, damn, 94% of the money is on Mavericks. Um, I just don't like that eight and a half, um, nine in the market. Um, I'd rather play a player prop. Shout to Munoff. Um, I saw he let off a Thomas Sadoransky over five and a half assists. I was actually going to take his under six and a half points and his rebounds plus assists um, points wise. This dude is not scoring. He's only attempted more than four shots in one of his last four games. And uh, he's been under this in five of his last six. Um, but his assists are there, man. He's been uh, at least seven assists in the last three games like the way he's been rebounding the ball, but he still isn't a timeshare with Ish Smith, so uh, don't get too carried away with it. But with a spread like that's, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the day if it hit double digits at this point. Um, uh, I think Staduranski is going to get some good time here, and he's been earning minutes for for Washington. Wes Unsell Jr. likes him a lot. Said that on the prop cast last week, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Thomas Staduranski props here. Luca, I think you could always. There's always a case for him to um, bet his threes market. Um, I've seen it at three and a half. Um, definitely intriguing there. Cause I I mean, he could just get busy. Um Porzingis is interesting in a in a revenge game, but I'm also waiting for Spencer Dinwiddie props to drop. Mm-hmm. He said some shit on Instagram uh that was pretty much throwing shade at his former squad. So uh, I'm all for the revenge narrative. So if I can whatever they want to drop those Dinwiddie props, I'm gonna be on that. Carl, how I'm big of a over.
1: Mavericks fan are you
0: tonight?
2: Oh man, I'm extremely
0: big Mavericks fan, but if I ever had to say that there's a game that I'm really nervous for and going into this final stretch is absolutely a Mavericks game. And it's because one, it's a pretty far road trip for to be playing this this game. And also the Mavericks don't do well where you can exploit the Wizards. If you exploit this Wizards team, you got to exploit them on the inside. You got to score in points in the paint. Well, the Mavericks are one of the worst teams in the NBA. scoring in points in the paint. So that is concerning, and especially because Washington has been a great three-point defending team all season, even as recently as the past five games where they are actually defending fourth best in the NBA, holding teams to – under 31% from the – no, 31 point So, holding them to 31.1% from the three-point line. I think scoring is going to be at a premium here. So, I am on the under for this game, but I will also take the eight and a half, and I'm just going to hope Dallas wins by, like, three or four. (laughs) But this – this is the game that if I lose this under, and so here's the, the roaring thing. Everybody knows I have under 33 and a half for Washington for the season, and it looked terrible in the beginning of the season, and then I looked like a fucking genius towards the end of the season, and now here we are sweating, but this is what I asked for. I wanted to sweat it out, and I wanted to sweat it out with one win left. I wanted to win this by half a game. So here we go. We'll see what they do. I may have a little bit of a hedge here in taking Washington money line because this is a really juicy money line, and I think Washington is actually really in this game.
1: Oh, I'm hoping you do a rollover parlay. Whatever you win on this game, you just roll it over for the next one because you're looking at a six-teamer right now. If you're going to lose this – uh, yeah. I mean, you're looking at a potential spot here where you can just parlay uh, w- Wizards. Just Actually, no, that wouldn't actually work. Never mind. I was, I was messing up the math on that. Sorry.
0: Either way. Yeah, my bad. Either way, I am going to be tuned into this game, just say the least. All right, anything else for this one? Anybody got any nuggets? Oh, Luca, of course. I mean, the mm. thing about
1: Dallas is that when it comes to scoring depth, they don't really have much of it. I, mean, I know Luka's been going nuclear for the last couple of weeks. So if you think Luka can get you 30-35, 35? I don't mind Dallas to win and Luka 30-plus points, probably somewhere Mm -hmm. in the plus 130 range, 150 range maybe. I don't mind that because I think that if Dallas is going to win, Luka needs a massive performance just because nobody else has really been stepping up recently. I know Brunson's had moments during the season, been a bit Mm -hmm. streaky, so to speak. Dinwiddie had the couple game winners. He's been a bit quiet recently as well. It seems like Luka, if Dallas is going to win – Probably going for 30-plus, so I don't mind a same-game parlay boost right there if you have to mention a potential plus money play. All
0: right. Let's move on. We have the Toronto Raptors traveling to Orlando to play the Orlando Magic. They're laying 11-16.5 on the total let's look up the injury report for the Orlando Magic and we have Wendell Carter who is out for this game we have Jalen Suggs who is also out for this game then scroll down for the Toronto Raptors and nothing really significant Malachi fun's still out alright is anybody laying 11 with Toronto here I am You are? Okay. I think Orlando's
1: actively tanking. We're at the point where Wendell Carter was their their best player for the entire season. He's indirectly, unofficially out for the year. They're not going to bring him back with a couple games to go. I think his season's over. And you're looking at how they've handled the fourth quarter of some of these games, like against Washington, last game out. They basically just ran the bench squad for the entire fourth quarter. This team is not actively trying to win games. So when you're talking about motivation, which is a classic cliche down the stretch. Toronto's been playing really well. They're trying to stay in the five seed, and they're trying to stay out of the play-in, most importantly. Orlando seems like they're actively trying to lose games late. So I'm actually going to go with Toronto because I know for motivation, Toronto has every incentive to throw everything at Orlando while Orlando's going to let the young kids play and probably get their ass kicked. So for me, I'm actually going with Toronto here. If Carter was playing, I would probably take Orlando, but he's not. So I'm going to go with Toronto.
2: Dan, what are you doing? Um, I, I lean towards Scott here. Orlando did cover both of these games earlier this year, eight and a half and nine and a half points. Toronto's been known to play down the competition and blow games. They play up to the good ones and play down to the awful ones. With what we saw um, last game from Orlando, the fact that they're just pulling starters at the fourth quarter. Like mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's just a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother version of tanking, right? Like you have zero interest in the winning game. So I, I lean with Scott here. I would lay the points with Toronto. The fact that they've covered against them both times with a window Carter, not playing Mo Bamba has been playing like shit. Um, I think they give some more young boys, some run here, see what they have in their roster. And right now you got Toronto. I mean, they got a nice little, they have a nice little chance to sneak into this five spot here. Um, They're right behind the bulls, a half game behind the bulls. So um, I think that. That would be an an ideal matchup for them. If they can get into that four or five seed, they might actually have a chance here um, to potentially get out of the first round. I mean, they do have a super tight rotation, but, and Nick nurse is obviously running them into the ground top Thibodeau style, but, Um, They've been playing really well over the last uh, 10 games going eight and two. So I think this is the right time for Toronto to turn it up and uh, keep the foot on the gas. The injury report looks good. Fred Van Vliet's in. OG Ananobi's back, balling. So, yeah, I like the Toronto Raptors here. So
0: the numbers that I'm going to throw out here for Toronto is they are nine and three as a favorite on the road. And just on the road period, they are – 24-14 24-14 and one against the spread. They're actually one of the better road teams against the spread in the whole NBA. And this is absolutely a spot where they just need to go and basically embarrass this Orlando Magic team. This should this should be on the schedule as an easy win. This, they should not look past this team at all and absolutely understand that at the, where they're at in the season and where every game matters, that they got to put away these bad teams early and they got to put them down and – like Lassie behind the shed with the shotgun and just take them out. And so I'm here. I'm fine with it. Lay the 11. It's a big number. And it's a lot of big numbers where you should be actually looking at a few dogs tonight because you could probably get some real value on the money line because I'm positive there's going to be at least two, maybe three that can come out here and get money line wins today and and really help your bankroll. But I'm I'm not interested in the match today. I think that this is a spot where to- Toronto just has to put them down. So I'm with you, all three of us on Toronto today. Moving on to the – well, anything else? Anybody got anything else on this one? I'm worried not about good. a blowout, but I am considering Siakam
1: just because mm-hmm. the fact that Wendell Carter is a very good rim protector. I know they still got Bamba, but Siakam has been going nuts. <laughs> He's just been popping off for the last month or so. I don't mind Siakam potentially going for thirty. Maybe look at Siakam rebounds because Orlando will be one big man short for this game. But for the most yeah. part, if you want to go for Toronto and you think this line's too big, maybe wait for an in-game because Orlando is pulling everybody for the
0: fourth quarter. I am interested in Fred VanVleet assist. I think okay. that that's something he can he can exploit tonight as he kind of gets that. That offense going, they're only listed at five and a half, and that just feels criminally low for him, especially playing against a team with a terrible defense. And if they can, if he can just go ahead and start getting that offense going and hitting guys like Gary Trent or Scotty Barnes and stuff like that, I think that it can be a really, really, really interesting spot for him. So five and a half may be criminally too low for him in this game. All right. We have the Indiana Pacers on the road. To TD Garden to play the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are laying 14 and a half, 226 on the total. Looking at the injury report here for the Boston Celtics. And it's just Robert Williams, as we know, who is out for the rest of the season with that meniscus injury. For the Indiana Pacers, Chris Duarte is out. Malcolm Brogdon is questionable. Isaiah Jackson (laughs) is He's pretty much out. Anytime yeah. Brogdon's questionable, he's out. <laughs> it says rest, so he might may, he may play. We'll, we'll know. You're pretty right on there. Uh, Isaiah Jackson is questionable. O'Shea Brissett is questionable. Uh, Goga is questionable. That's about it. So, a lot of uncertainties for Indiana. More certainties for Boston is probably why this number is all the way up at 14.5. I mean, I'm not laying 14 and a half for Boston. So no way. Uh, I, it, it, I'm, I'm just not. I don't trust Boston at all. And there's, there's always spots, especially spots like this game, where they just sit here and you're like, they should honestly run through this team by 2025 today. They really should, but because that is such the easy answer, because that is always how. People can interpret this Boston team and then they absolutely fold, especially these numbers or in these lines where they're big favorites like this. It's just the best time to fade them. It's the best time to fade them. At the end of the day, Indiana can score. They find ways to put the ball in the basket. They find ways to keep up with teams. Sometimes the other team just pulls away too much and they get blown the fuck out. Other times they're playing, they're scoring 120 with a team. So I'm absolutely not touching Boston at all I'll take 14 and a half with Indiana
1: I like the team total over for Boston I mean Indiana's given up 130 pretty much every game for the last week and change they can't guard anybody pretty much so pretty I, much. I don't mind if you want to go for the for Boston I'll just ignore the actual spread just give me the team total I know it was 118 and a half last night I actually grabbed it I think it's up to 120 and a half right now But when you're just handing out 125-130 to everybody and Boston had that awful offensive game against Miami because Miami's a great defensive team, it does seem like a good bounce-back spot for Boston's offense. Plus, Indiana goes up-tempo. They're not trying to win, but I guess they're trying to sell tickets because there's, there's a lot of points. It's entertaining games. They get their ass kicked every time. But I'm going with Boston team total over. I just expect Boston to walk into 125
0: yeah, I'm, I like that. I'm on over as well. I think that this is Boston's been one of the best offensive teams in the league for a good majority of the season, and Indiana's not no scrub and finds ways to put the ball in the basket. I think that this can be a fun game. It just it feels like 226 is kind of low for this one, actually.
1: That's, There's that's no way that I can
0: take an under with Indiana. That just can't happen.
2: Dan, anything else for this game? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the uh, Boston Celtics first quarter – Minus five and a half seems like a pretty, uh, I guess given the script that you guys are expecting, like a lot of points to be scored, Boston to you know put up potentially 120 plus. Um, I think they're gonna get out pretty quickly here after coming off an L. Um, they're five and oh in their last five first quarter against the spread. Five and a half is a bit rich, but I don't know who's playing defense for Indiana at this point. And uh, on their perimeter, I mean, they'd have nobody that are gonna stop Tatum from getting to a bucket. Or Jason Tatum, and I think you know, Marcus Smart can do a good job at containing Tyrese Halliburton if he needs to. You know, I don't think Brogdon really changes the script that much. So um, I like Boston here, minus five and a half first quarter. All right. I don't have anything else
0: here for this one. Let's move on to what could either be a really fun game or actually extremely disappointing. Like extremely, extremely disappointing. But the Los Angeles Clippers are going to play Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is laying seven and a half, 226 on the total. We're just going to fly blind with the injury report because both of these teams played last night where Milwaukee came back and won, and the Clippers blew a lead and lost. There's some numbers that interest me on the Milwaukee side of thing, on the side of things, and it's just the fact that they have been so bad against the spread at home this season. Like it's criminally bad. Really, really bad. They're sixteen and twenty-two against the spread at home, fourteen and twenty as a favorite. And we've kind of been talking about this all season and how they look at home compared to how they look on the road. And now they're in a spot where they just went to war with the Nets the night before. Both of these teams played an overtime game, which is hilarious. Both of these teams played an overtime game, which I say it could be really good or really, really fucking bad. I personally am not touching Milwaukee laying seven and a half at home with their history of how they play games at home and the fact that this is a potentially a letdown spot for them and a get-up spot for the Clippers. I'm nervous for the Clippers that they probably won't be playing with Paul George. I mean, he could be fine and be... Like, no, I'm playing on a back-to-back. Even if we play, I don't care. So that could absolutely happen. But even if he doesn't play, over the past few weeks, we've seen guys missing their top guys and actually still go out there and have a really, really good game. So I may not be too worried about that. I think I'm just going to blindly take
2: the Clippers 7.5 here. Dan, what are you doing? I'm taking the Clippers. Uh, I saw this line drop last night at 8.5. I grabbed it there, so I would still play this to 7.5. I probably played as low as 6.5. Mainly because of what you just said, man. Like coming off of uh, an overtime game, the Clippers—they're pretty much showing themselves as a horrible team in the first half. Um, I mean, actually, like they, they got they got together against the Utah Jazz once Paul George went off in the third quarter. But like, can they do that every game? Like, I feel like we're gonna have to see Paul George Paul George play hero ball for much of this game too. Um, and with Giannis going going off last night uh to will out that victory over brooklyn there's gonna be some tired legs out there so i also look at i'm also looking at the under in this game um i guess tired legs could also associate to you know more scoring no one playing any defense but i feel like the clippers kind of need this game a little bit more than the bucks do um 226 you know the clippers can lock down they're one of the better defensive teams in the nba they don't really have an answer for Giannis, but who really does at this point Chris Milton might be a little bit pissed off, but I really like the wing defense of the Clippers with Paul George in that lineup. They got Nick Batum. They got Robert Covington, who's not giving him the best minutes, but he's still a defensive uh, presence out there. Um, I think the Clippers actually match up pretty well against this team. And, you know, if this was full strength, less Kawhi Leonard, six, seven and a half points still seems like a lot to me from against a a, a, a Milwaukee team that, to your point, has been suspect at home. And has been known to take games off. So, um, I like the Clippers here. Scott? I like the Clippers, too.
1: We're talking about Paul George maybe not playing. Are we sure Giannis is going to play? I know that he was technically on the injury report leading up to the Nets game. Everyone knew he was going to play, but the point is he was still on the report. Ended up playing a bunch of minutes. Game went to overtime. He played 39 minutes at 44-14-6. and So, when we're talking about if Paul George is going to play or not, of course, that's a lot – that a, lot, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he just came back from injury. But are we sure Milwaukee's actually going to play him after 39 minutes where he was slightly banged up going into yesterday? I'm not sure. So I feel like a lot of people are talking about Paul George. I'm still not sure Giannis is going to play. So because I'm factoring that in and that possibility, it's Clippers are pass for me.
0: All right. I like that. Anything else on the game? Then I'm let's good. move on. Let's move on to my favorite game of the slate. We have the Detroit Pistons playing the OKC Thunder. They are in OKC for this game. Pistons are laying five, 221 on the total. Let's go glance at an injury report
2: here and see. Oh, where to go? Well, why why bother for OKC? You know who's who's not playing for yeah, this? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, I
0: can't really <laughs> tell you too much. Just go off of last night for the Pistons and OKC is basically nobody and everybody that you don't know is probably playing in this game so exactly with that being said it doesn't matter it does not matter because look we're going to talk about the Pistons last 20 games and poor you know on me and Scott because we were on Philly last night and you know i was trying to get cute i understood what the assignment was and i'm going to follow the assignment tonight over the last 20 games the pistons are 18 and 2 against the spread first of all that is an incredible run that is an amazing run yeah and so they're 18 and 2 against the spread during that span as an underdog they are 18 and 0 as a favorite they are 0 and 2 I'm just going to follow the formula. It's laid out in front of me. It's literally laid out in front of me. It's laid out there. I'm just going to take the Thunder plus five. I'm just going to take the Thunder plus five. They, no matter how well the Pistons are playing right now, they should not be favored in games. They, they are incapable of doing that. No matter what happens, no matter who it is, no matter how bad the other team are, they are incapable of being favored in games. So just don't do it. Just don't do it. And it's that easy. This feel, matter of fact, I'm going to lock up OKC plus five against the Pistons. Is that is that easy for me? I'm not, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I don't care who's playing for OKC because at the end of the day, these guys just go out there. They literally just go out there and play ball because they have nothing to worry about because this possibly could be their only season in the NBA. So they're just going to go out there and just hoop for a lot of them. So I'm not worried. Not worried at all. I'm just going to fade the Pistons as a favorite. I'm not laying five points in the Pistons. So, that's a, that's a lot for me. OKC plus five. Scott, what are you doing? For this one, Detroit
1: screwed me last Friday. I tried to take them as a favorite against Washington and they kicked my ass. As for the actual performance by Detroit recently, they've been better. Oklahoma City beat Portland, who was missing arguably more people than Oklahoma City. So, shout out to Portland for finding a way to do that. Uh, lost to Atlanta. You know, everyone expected them to get buried. Lost to Denver. Covered. So, they kept that game close. But Oh, uh, I mean, on paper, Detroit's the much better team. They're on a back to back though with travel and Oklahoma City, as you said, really is nothing to lose. I'm assuming the public's all over Detroit here. So I'm gonna go with Oklahoma City. I don't know okay, why so anybody he's... in the public would be betting on Oklahoma
0: City. Yeah, I mean, there's no who is running to the who is running to the ticket booth with their money in hand, their hard earned dollars. They're hard-earned dollars to run to the ticket booth and say, put this on OKC right now. My clients, this, that's who, because I'm telling them to bet OKC. <laughs> this, this,
2: this, this is why we're D-Gen Nation, right? I mean, Scott nailed it. 56% of the money is on the, pist- uh, is on the Pistons. Uh, it actually just went to 54, but only 18% of the money is on the Thunder. So, yeah, I'm uh, – You, mean, I'm you on- mean the bets, right? Uh, the money, the money. Okay. No, no, he 18... he, he, made, he made the bets.
0: Yeah, he made the bets. You, so
1: said 50, yeah. for, you said fifty six percent of the money is on the is. Of
2: the... Oh, sorry. Yeah, fifty fifty four percent of the bets is on the Pistons. Eighteen percent of the money is on the Thunder. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to put my money on the Thunder here. Much like you said, Rel, follow the trends. And uh, if you look at Detroit over the course of the season, they've only been a favorite five times, and they uh, cover the spread two out of those three games. So. um The Thunder, they got a bunch of no-name people, but they're at least playing hard at this point on a back-to-back and traveling, as Scott said. I think that that's uh, a spot to fade them. And as hot as they've been, one of the best teams in basketball covering against the spread, um, there's always those times where you just play down the competition. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a good game out of Alex Pokushevsky, a little Teo Maladon. Um, I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm going to take the – I mean, might, might as well be bold here, take a little sprinkle, a little thunder on the money line at plus 165. Um, yeah, I just don't have much faith in the Pistons. Like, these guys have the same record. Granted, they have been playing great over the last month, but uh, I think this is a letdown spot for sure. I can't lay with a
1: team that's 8-30 and 30 on the road straight up. I just, I just can't <laughs> do it. And
0: it's so crazy because the Thunder are so bad at home. So bad. But ATS wise, they're still one of the best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's like two terrible, horrible, here. horrible,
2: horrible game, teams.
0: But this game is And that means that the game's absolutely going to go over because both of them aren't going to be able to miss. Yeah. 100%. What's going to happen? Neither team is going to be able to miss, and this game's going to go way, way over.
2: What's the All total, right? Like 2, 221? Yep. Yeah, 221. 221 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: took. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like, feels I, like, I, I, I combined, would take I the first that half over. total. I would yeah. I would take the first episode. I think both of these teams come out firing. All right. We have the Sacramento Kings playing the Houston Rockets in Houston. This is the second game of a two game set for them where the Sacramento Kings took the first game. And they pushed this three. This line is back at three again for the Sacramento Kings. 234 and a half on the total. Let's take a peek at the injury report here for the two teams. For the Sacramento Kings, as you know, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis are out for the rest of the season. And for the Houston Rockets, we have – where are the Houston Rockets at? There you go. Alfred um, Segun is questionable for this game. He didn't play in the last game. And Dennis Schroeder is out. Eric Gordon out. Like they, Eric Gordon, Dennis Schroeder, and Christian Wood are all set down for the rest of the season. It should be partially because of the injury, probably more because they have a lot of young guys that they need to evaluate. So why would you play them? I mean, it's simple for me. I'm just gonna take the Rockets in the back in the back-to-back game set. Um, they'll split, and the Rockets were very good in that first game. Probably should have came out with a win. I'm just gonna take them in the second one.
1: I'm with you. It's the same exact idea. I know I know that I backed Houston on the second out of a, of a of a two-game set there against Portland the other week, but I mean Portland's a different caliber. I mean I mean that's that was just an auto play for Houston because Portland's that bad, but you had a nail biter in the first game. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I believe had 32 with a triple double there, so he was definitely great in that game. Mm-hmm. Sacramento's winning a few too many games. They might have to sit down Davion Mitchell for the rest of the season because they're trying to tank, and yet they keep winning. But for me, I'm looking at a spot where Houston at home almost pulled out the win the first time around. I think they're going to split. I do like the over in this game. I know there has been over money. It's a, it was one of the weirdest, fi- uh, I'd say, final quarters of a game where they combined to put up 32 points in the fourth quarter and the game still landed 239, which I don't know if I've ever seen before. That's almost impossible. But I like the over. I expect a lot of points. These teams don't guard anybody, and the pace should be there. I think my favorite play on the game is the over, but I'm going with Houston because I do think at home for the second game of this two-game set, I think Houston finds a way. I just don't think Sacramento should be laying here. him makes sense. That first game was a toss-up. I'm taking Houston.
2: DC, what you like? Yeah, I think Scott's right in the fact that uh, there's just too many points being laid for Sacramento, a team that's not going to be featuring their best players either. Um, I think I'd give the slight talent advantage, actually, to the the Rockets here. They did push last game. Uh, I do lean the over because these teams won't be playing a lot of defense, but I'll likely stay away from the spread because I don't trust either team. Um, Jalen Green could have an off night. Kevin Porter Jr. could easily have a bunch of turnovers in an off night and uh, Davion Mitchell has been looking great. So I'd actually, I'm more interested in his player prop points in assists at 29 and a half bit rich, but I would play it. I don't know that I want to play it at 30 and a half, but there still are some 29 and a halves in the market. Um, he's just been cooking, um, running that offense, scoring at least 20 in his last three and he's getting at least like eight or nine dimes there too. So um, I think he's going to have another big game in a, in a up-tempo high pace um affair that we got lined up here. So yeah, really like Davion Mitchell in this matchup. I think the Rockets have to get this game has
0: to have better production from everyone else because that game was a lot of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. And no one else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I just can only expect them to get more balanced production from everyone else and probably still a really good game from Jalen Green. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets blow the Kings out tonight, I'm not gonna lie. All right, let's move on. We have a battle of the top two teams in the West, which would be, you know, one of the more interesting games until you got to the injury report and saw who's actually playing in this game. So we have the Phoenix Suns laying seven and a half in Memphis, playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Total is sitting at 229. For the injury report, for let's start with the Phoenix Suns because that one is a little less extensive. JaVel McGee is probable for this game, and Cameron Johnson is probable for this game, so they could have a full staff. Now, the fun part is when we look at Memphis. For Memphis, Tyus Jones is doubtful. Jaron Jackson Jr. is doubtful. Desmond Bain is doubtful, and Steven Adams is doubtful, and as we know, John Morant is still out. Seven and a half. I mean, that's, the, that's, that's their starting five, basically. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is the only one that is playing for that starting five all year for them. Is anybody touching the Memphis Grizzlies here?
1: I'm taking Phoenix. Phoenix apparently is under the belief that resting or preparing for the playoffs is just an overrated experience because Mm -hmm. they've clinched the one seed, they've clinched everything, they have the best record in the league, and yet they're still running out Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and everybody for 30-plus minutes a game. Whether they should, it's a separate story, but based on the fact that Phoenix somehow got even healthier because Cam Johnson, who was really good before he got injured, and JaVale McGee are back, and Memphis is resting everybody, Memphis recognizes their destiny, which is a two-seed and a division title because they already won that, so they've kind of just slowly embraced the fact that they are going to somewhat coast to the finish line. That's kind of the gist that I got from the actual announcement of all the injuries for this game. I'm taking Phoenix because Phoenix actually cares about these regular season games that don't really matter, and the fact that Phoenix is totally healthy – and Memphis is missing four out of the five guys in the starting five. I think Phoenix runs them out of the gym. I think Phoenix wins this game by fifteen.
0: Dan,
2: you you feel the same sentiments? Um, I don't actually. Um, I'm actually gonna go with the points of seven and a half, man. This line is fishy to me. Like if you got four of your five starters and you're only laying seven and a half points, I don't care how good uh-huh. your defense is. Um that that this line should be double digits. The fact that it's not tells me that I don't know. Maybe Phoenix is going. Phoenix has played down. I mean, when when Chris Paul was out, they had some some troubling. Um, I mean, they still won the games, but they had some troubling against the spread losses uh, when they shouldn't have. So um, Memphis is proven, man. Without Ja, I don't know what they're going to look like without Stephen Adams and, and Desmond Bain as well. But Tyus Jones is is definitely straight. You know, he's he's definitely can still facilitate the offense. We've seen. Um, Even Concher and Brandon Clark be solid. Um, They have bodies, Zaire Williams. Um, I don't know. I think that this team could actually probably play pretty good defense. Their half-court offense has always been suspect. They don't shoot threes very well, but I don't know. I feel like they can kind of stick in front of Phoenix. And I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix probably, you know, maybe rest their players a little bit if we get later into the game. Um, So I think there's a backdoor cover opportunity here for Memphis at least to keep pace. Um, So I'll take the full game, seven and a half. Um wouldn't be surprised if it continued continue to go up being that there's so many people doubtful, so you could wait you know a little bit a couple more hours potentially to get a better number, but I still think the Grizzlies have proven and shout to Taylor Jenkins, who doesn't get enough respect, he should hundred percent be coach of the year um for what he's done to this Grizzlies team and how he's oh, rallied shit. them up. Sorry, Scott already cast like, his ticket. He's good. I, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to complain if he, if he <laughs> believes in what he said. My guy's going to win the award. I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's definitely getting <laughs> the award, 100%, but Taylor Jenkins has done way more than uh, Monty Williams this year, and it's not even close. <laughs> I think the one
1: hesitation I'll have with the Suns potentially resting guys, why did they go all out against the Warriors? I know they didn't play well in the game, and they won anyway, but why bother?
2: So, so that's, that's, why, when, that's why I don't think Phoenix a, gonna guys, they're yeah, just going to rest guys. I think that's through. a little bit deeper, though, because, like, I mean, clearly Jay Crowder and Draymond, like, they, they go at it, right? Like, I feel okay. like the Warriors have been one of those teams that's been dominating the Western Conference for so long that that's a respect factor. Like, I don't know if Memphis has earned that respect yet. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, they haven't won anything yet. And while well, I think that they could, um, I don't know that Phoenix really views them in the same light as a – even a, a Golden State light, right? Like Steph obviously yeah. wasn't playing. But,
1: I'm kind of looking um, at it that Phoenix shot so terribly from the floor against Golden State that just by law of averages, I'm assuming they're going to shoot a lot better from three in this game. That's and fair. Memphis, yeah. I don't know if the players are injured or they're still hung over from celebrating in San Antonio that they won the division title. But mm-hmm. Phoenix is just a machine. I think they'll Their win machine. this game
0: handle it. So the reason that they went so hard against the Warriors was because they were chasing history in that game. That 62 made them the winningest winningest Suns team in history. So they but just they beat officially their number
1: one, or are they tied? Yeah,
0: no, no, they're number one. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The first, yeah, the last team was 61. I thought they were tied. So okay, never mind. Is That's it? Good point. Is it all those season one 61? Okay, no, no, it is. Okay, it is tie. It is Ty. Okay. Yeah, so this that, game yeah, technically does matter because they could set the Yeah, run. so it does. So, I mean, hey, they could actually go out here and try to run these guys yeah. out of the gym. I don't know. That seven and a half is really fishy to me, too. I think this would be in double digits if you told me all those guys was out. So, I'll take Memphis blindly. Player prop-wise, I, I would push all my chips in on Zaire Williams. I would just push all my chips in on Zaire Williams and just sit here and say that Zaire Williams is going to have an amazing game, and he's just going to go out there. Dylan Brooks is going to be running the offense, and the reason Dylan Brooks is playing is because he hasn't really played for a majority of the season. So, I think that this is an opportunity for Zaire Williams. Dylan Brooks played with him, be able to get him to his spot, get him feeling comfortable in the game, and Zaire Williams just to have fun and go out there and ball. So that's another reason why I'm on this seven and a half because I think Zaire Williams could be in 20, 25 plus territory tonight because this the kid can really play. Like he can really some play.
2: nice numbers on that. Yeah, I think prop, I think for props, I'm looking
1: at Memphis' big men, uh, either Tillman or Clark potentially for a double-double because with Adams being out, they really just don't have many other guys. And Adams is so good at rebounding that he definitely – I don't want to say hogs numbers away from his teammates, but without him in the lineup, I think Clark should do a lot better on the glass. And because they're benching so many guys, Clark might get a season-high 30-something minutes tonight. I don't mind a double-double there. It's kind of like the Moses-Brown theory from yesterday with Cleveland. I know his double-double was around plus 450, which I actually cashed yesterday. But when you're missing so many guys in a specific area, no Jaron Jackson, no Steven Adams, and you need other guys to step up, you know Memphis is just going to give them the full green light to play as many minutes as they want. I think that the double-double prices for Tillman and for Clark are undervalued.
0: So, I don't know, I just feel like Phoenix Moneyline is going to be one of the most popular, like
2: you yeah, know. It just seems like a no-brainer,
0: right? Yeah, people they are going to just it. go play all those. You know, lay it's minus two ninety-five. That's going to be one of the most popular parlay police pieces today. And be. like I said, we've seen we've seen these games where people just not played their stars and just one games just found ways to one game, especially as of late. So we'll see what they do. All right, let's. We're moving along here. Oh, crap. Wait, I I lost my screen. What's the next game? Oh, there we go. Of course, that's why I lost it, because this game doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to one team. We have the Portland Trailblazers on the road in San Antonio playing San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are laying 15 231 on the total for the San Antonio Spurs, their injury report. We have – where'd you go? There you go. Romeo Langford out. Base dop is questionable. And Doug McDermott ankle sprain out for the rest of the season. They're 31 and 45, and they're laying 15 points. So, but the reason they're laying 15 points because – and it's just funny. I don't think we've actually said this list in a couple of weeks, so I'm just going to go ahead and just say the list. Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Burkidge, Trenton Watford, Damian Lillard, Joe Ingles, Cody Zeller, Nazir Little are out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Hey, man. I'm not laying 15 with fucking the, Sanitone, the melatonin basketball team. I'm not laying 15 with them. I don't care. And I'm actually – so they're about to play a two-game set. <laughs> And I'm actually hard-pressed to say that I actually think that Portland will steal one of these games because it just seems like such a no-brainer. It just seems like such a no-brainer that the Spurs win these two games. I've actually watched it on, on a network earlier, and they were talking about how the Lakers had to worry about the Spurs because the Spurs were going to absolutely win the two games against the, against the Trailblazers coming up and even further cement themselves into that 10-seed spot. It's, <laughs> I've just seen this team fold. I've seen the Portland Trailblazers go on the road and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I've seen, <laughs> this same Portland Trailblazers squad that had nobody. They've gone on the road and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They've gone on the road and beat who, beat who else did they beat? It was somebody else that they beat that was like really wild and we were like, what? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, they're afford to one. beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Yeah. So are you telling me that it's completely out of out of the realm of possibility for one them because they're probably going to be laying around 15 if they win this game, they'll drop it, but they'll probably be laying around 15 again tomorrow. I'm just going to I'm just going to bet the Trailblazers in both games because I'm almost positive I'm going to win one. It, it it just feels like this Spurs team is going to drop one of these games. They're going to fold. They should be 2-0 and in these games. It's going to be some type of narrative that keeps the Lakers in hopes that they get this last playoff game, this playoff seed, well, not even a playoff seed, but this last play-in game seed. And I'm almost positive the Spurs are just going to nerf up, and it's 100% easy to look past the Portland Trailblazers. So, Yeah. I'm going to take two One, I'm not laying 15. Two, sprinkle on a money line because I'm almost positive they're going to win one of these two games.
1: I think they might win one of two, but I'm going to pick the second one, if any. I think the Spurs kill them tonight. If you're looking at the two meetings so far this season, uh, it has not been pretty for Portland uh, to go through the first two meetings. San Antonio won the first one by 31, won the second one by 37. So they have been absolutely just burying – Portland the season but I'm sure they're looking over at Los Angeles and they see that LeBron and AD are coming back tonight so I think that San Antonio will be fully motivated for this game because of the fact that with LeBron and AD coming back San Antonio kind of controls its destiny with how easy its schedule is for the rest of the season while the Lakers have a bit of a gauntlet to end but the fact that LeBron and AD are coming back I don't think San Antonio is looking ahead I don't think they're looking through Portland and they're just going to bury Portland I think San Antonio wins by 30, but mostly because I have to assume Popovich and company are keeping an eye on that Lakers injury report. And with LeBron and AD coming back, I think San Antonio is fully focused for this game. Give me San Antonio in a route. (laughs) We <laughs> just laid 15. With yep, I'm,
2: I'm gonna do it. Well, I'm is, also yeah, rooting so really tough. hard
1: for San Antonio. Like I'm rooting insanely hard because I really want to laugh at the Lakers for missing the point. So, so i the Lakers, but I do think the injury report for the Lakers actually matters because I think the Spurs will not
2: take anything for granted.
0: Okay. And Dan, what are you
2: doing? Yeah, I think uh, I don't know that I, I can't I can't lay 15 points with the, with the San Antonio Spurs, but. I do think that the Spurs are going to win both of these games because they're going to go for the playoffs. I don't think there's a chance that LeBron or AD miss tonight's game against the Pelicans because it's so important for their playoff opportunity here. If they lose this game, uh, I think that that's what we'll see the Lakers finally mailed in. I mean, we'll probably talk about that in a few. But um, LeBron's got to play three more games to qualify for the scoring title. Exactly. That's, that's, that's That's the only thing he has to play for at this point. They lose tonight he's going to play two more games and he's shutting it down with a, an ankle injury, whatever it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the San Antonio Spurs are just better and they're, you know, tied with the Lakers right now. So they have more motivation to actually get up for this game. Whereas Portland, you know, they're just playing for lottery balls at this point. And you le- you ran off the list of the injury report as much as I would like to give faith in people like CJ Ellaby and Brandon Williams. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Um, I'm gonna go with De- Dejounte Murray over 24 and a half points here. Dropped 30 th- over 30 in his last two. He already went over this. Um, he had 29 against them last game. Um, yeah, I think Dejounte is just gonna lead them and Willem to victory here. Kelton Johnson will also probably have a really good game. Um, those are the two guys that I like from this. Can't I like trust triple, double
1: personally.
2: Ooh, yeah, to be. That's definitely better odds for sure. He's Damn gonna have man. a hell of a game.
0: Come on, Portland! You guys got to have some pride, man. You can't, you can't get it.
1: They, oh, they definitely have pride. Rooting? They have a
2: shit ton of pride. Are you not they rooting gotta... for the
0: Spurs to make
1: the play in over
2: the Lakers? Because that's a hell of an underdog story. I'm in for it. I oh. mean, how many people bet that uh, the Spurs win total over of like what was it, twenty nine and a half this year? Like I think Sugar it was low lower. Bear. Was it lower than that? Damn! I want to say it was like twenty six and a half, maybe
1: like twenty seven and a half. I should want to look that up, but. I want to say it was in like the mid to slightly low 20s, but I got it. Yeah, I know it was under 30
2: up. for sure. Um, so, shouts to Pop for figuring out how to get them to uh, this spot, man, and especially after trading Derek White. Like, DeJounte like- Murray, by the way, easy top 20 in the league.
1: Oh, yeah. out
0: yeah. And shout out to the Lakers for being so bad and so terrible. It's really, really <laughs> bad. All right. You guys are – well, Dan's kind of split – He's got the he's got I can't the take Spurs the points, winning the game. Really, this is Bill and Rell at his finest here. Points. Back in yeah.
2: back in the Portland Trailblazers. They lost to this team by
0: 30 games. Twice. both games. Twice. Lost 30 by both games. And they had better personnel. They had better uh, personnel than this. And they lost by 30 both times. They're just gonna some, they're somehow gonna win this game. Well, maybe not this one, but at least one of the two. <laughs> but this one's plus nine hundred, so I can't not play it. I can't not play that. Especially if I think there's a chance that Portland, they've gone on the road and they've gone on the road and won games before. They can do it. They can do it. All right. You got anything on that win total before we move on to the next one?
1: Uh, no. I was waiting for it to load, but
0: Google's not oh, cooperating good. for me. Doesn't matter. We have my boys, my guys, the Minnesota Timberwolves oh, going to the shit. Mile High City to play the Denver Nuggets. Our right, news? news dropped. Oh, breaking news! LeBron, Booter, LeBron, Booter,
2: Booter. Just, LeBron, just tweeted: "I'm out for the season officially. See y'all in the fall." I don't know Dang, if that's really, April really? Fools or not. Definitely April oh, Fools. It's it might be. be April Fools.
1: No,
0: LeBron would, would, some do that. Bro, I would yeah, never do so. that. And that. was such an April Fools joke.
2: Definitely, that was, was so easy. That, was, that is an April Fools joke. He you know wants that scoring title for sure.
0: I bet you maybe that's why the Lakers line flipped like that.
2: You know, it's an (laughs) extra
1: joke because he said, see you in the fall, which would imply his team has no chance of making the playoffs. So I'm assuming that's an April (laughs) 4th. It's just funny as
0: shit. Yeah, that's funny as that. All right, whatever. We're on to Minnesota and Denver. Playing in Denver where Minnesota can make a little bit of a run to get out of the playing game if they win this game. I'm currently seeing them. Denver's laying two and a half. 2.42 242 and a half on the total. Let's find an injury report for these two teams. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jane McDaniels is is out and Malik Beasley is out. For the Denver Nuggets, can we say by the way that Minnesota's like in the middle of an
1: implosion or is it too safe to, is it too early to say that? Denver is it a implosion. D Russell implosion
2: because I feel like he's the one that's Really Could be. I'm just right saying
1: now. when you're trying to stay out of a playing game and you lose four or five, it's a bit of a red flag.
2: Yeah, slightly.
1: It's been a tough competition, playing the Mavericks twice, the Suns, the Raptors, the Celtics. It hasn't been easy, don't get me wrong, but Real quick, we're losing four or five report. here, it's a little bit concerned.
0: Real quick, finish stretch. up the injury report. Jamichael Green is questionable for this game. For the Denver Nuggets, Mike Porter Jr. is still out. Jamal Murray is still out. All right, back to talking about the game. And the question really Timberwolves, yeah, they definitely have uh, folded away a great opportunity with the Nuggets and the Jazz sliding. I I 100% agree with that, and I'm disappointed in my boys, my team, for doing that to me. But I think this is a spot because Denver is really bad at home as a favorite. I actually don't. I actually have made a lot of money just fading them as a favorite at home. and. It feels like if they're going to wake up, they're going to wake up for this team here. So they lost the last two. They were against each conference foes, the Raptors and the Celtics. And I kind of get it a little bit. But they have a chance here to not only get a win, but to feed a loss to the Denver Nuggets and then also make this push for the last four games that they have coming up on their schedule and trying to see if they can find their way out of the play-in because they have the Rockets, the Wizards, the Spurs, and the Bulls on the road. So that's essentially four bad teams. I think that that is op- ample opportunity for them to win four straight and put themselves in a really good position, but they have to win this game here tonight, or they can just go ahead and seal their fate and lock it in. So I'm on the Timberwolves here. I think Timberwolves are going to show some grit tonight. You guys know that Cat is my guy. Cat's been having a great season, and Jokic doesn't apply any type of pressure defensively at all. So I think Cat's going to have an amazing game here. Is the question that you know was alluded to earlier? Is what is D'Angelo Russell going to give you? Is D'Angelo Russell going to be a hindrance to this team, or is he going to aid this team, or is he just going to keep them afloat? And that's pretty much where it's at. Uh, Hopefully this slump, Anthony Edwards went through this slump with this team for a little while, and they regressed for it. And now Delos in a little bit of a slump. So hopefully these guys get it going towards the end of the season.
1: I find this total extremely confusing to me. I understand that both teams offensively have a lot of talent, and Denver's been playing some high-scoring games recently. But we saw this with the Nets-Bucks game yesterday. Totals in the 240s, and we were expecting playoff-type atmosphere. Totals too high. I got to assume it's a similar story in this game because both these teams need this win. I think this total's too high. I understand that you might think Minnesota's going to force some up-tempo play and everything like that, but with teams that need to win games, you tend to see a bit more of a grind. I got to like the under here, don't I? This
0: is a must-win game for both teams. In my eyes. Yeah, this is a playoff game. I think that this is going to have playoff basketball atmosphere.
1: And for playoff atmosphere, I'm not assuming you're going to see 240-plus points. I like the under.
2: Yeah. Dan, what's you like in this one? I'm going to take Denver here. Um, I've been taking Minnesota in this slide, man. It's been a rough ride, and I just can't – I can't trust them right now. And it's – I don't know. I, I think the best player on the court is clearly Nikola Jokic. He's proven it. I think he continues to put the foot on the gas. He's got his team playing better, even though they've been sliding a little bit, they haven't been sliding as fast as the the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're just, they're a more, um, battle tested team. This game certainly matters and has somewhat of playoff implications. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they could based on the seating and how the play in tournament goes, you know, these guys could see each other later down the line, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Denver pretty much already controls their destiny right now. They're pretty much teetering with the, uh, kind of the Utah Jazz, so it's not like they don't need this game. You know, if they can get into that five seed, um, you know, potentially, you know, they'll have a matchup against, I don't know, potentially the Warriors or the Mavericks. I-, I don't know if that's better or worse, but um, I-, I don't think that they're going to want to lose this game here. Um, yeah, I, just, uh, I think it's a little short, actually. Um, now, I don't think that the Timberwolves have proven lately that they're worth, you know, um any more than, than three points. So the way Denver, I gotta back the MVP in Joker in the Joker. Um I'm also gonna take a D'Angelo Russell player prop under. I'm gonna take under sixteen and a half points. He's, He's done in two master. of his two of his last ten. This dude's just in a shooting slump. And uh Chris Finch came out and started talking about, hey, I think D'Lo just needs to find himself in more pick-and-roll opportunities. And then D'Lo was like, I don't really drive. So I don't know like what kind of answer that is. But that's not really a ringing endorsement of someone that wants to uh, get out of their shooting slump. He's just going to shoot his way out. But um, against a Denver team, I mean, I know they got length on the perimeter. I, I could see them definitely disrupting D'Lo a little bit. Um, and his minutes were down last game. So, um, yeah, I think that Minnesota's in a bit of a slump here. They continue to ride. I'm, I'm going to go with the home team. Go with Denver. I think they break their little uh, home stretch disappointment that uh, Rel was talking about.
0: All right. Anything else for this one before we get into the trash game of the night?
2: Do you have any thoughts on the
0: total, Dan?
2: I agree with you. It's uh, I think the under is certainly attractive, just given uh, how much Minnesota needs this. They've been playing you know, outside of this last like five games that they've had. They've been one of the better teams in the post-All-Star break, so they can play defense. Um, so I see this one being a little bit more scrappy than we would normally expect. I mean, I'm looking at Denver's games recently.
1: They had the huge track meet game against the Suns, the huge one against Indiana, but Indiana doesn't guard anybody. No, no. The thing is, if you have a total in the 240s, people might think in today's NBA, you know, it's not that much, but you have to remember that's more than 60 points per quarter. And if you're expect, if you're expecting a fourth quarter and a playoff type atmosphere where it should be an absolute war in the half court, one bad quarter is going to kill you. So I'm looking at the under. We agree. saw
0: this last night. We saw this last night with the Nets and the, yeah. the Bucks, and they went to overtime and still didn't get there. Still went under, yeah. Yeah, still went under. So 100, percent I'm one under here. That's actually one of my play, favorite plays today. Okay. Let's talk about some bad basketball. We have the New Orleans Pelicans going to play the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pelicans are currently laying minus 2 and it's 230 and a half on the total. For the New Orleans Pelicans injury report, clean. Nothing, nothing of note. For the Lakers, This is the return of Anthony Davis. He plans to return in this game. Kendrick Nunn plans to return to his couch for this game. LeBron sounds like he's going to play. He could be April fools us. He could not. This could have been an elaborate plan of him to drop this on April's Fool's Day, and everybody think it was a joke, but he was actually dead ass and 100% dead ass, so we'll see. could go the
2: opposite. He faked it just to drop 40 tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And so, let me just go. Don't believe them yet. Give... They ha- they haven't adjusted the line yet. So, oh no,
1: he's completely making it up. The see you in the yeah. fall is the absolute like automatic April Fool's because that literally yeah, means yeah. my team's not making the point.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, how many times have we seen the Lakers in must-win games? Like, how many times have we sat here and said this is a must-win game for Laker? Like, they have to win this game right here. Yeah, it's been great. And this is literally time. This is literally a must-win game. And while. AD and LeBron coming back is actually very tasteful and appeasing. I'm just going to fade them. This team sucks. They're bad. They're not good. I mean, the Pelicans suck too, but I made more money fading the Lakers than taking the Lakers. So I'm just going to fade them. And I'm just saying, I really do think the Lakers have a pretty decent shot of winning this game, but I'm just going to fade them and take New Orleans because New Orleans has been kicking their ass all season.
1: Just to ask, by the way, do you actually think New Orleans sucks? isn't that bad no yeah. I
0: don't know i don't I don't think New Orleans is actually good at all. I think they're actually just fool's gold, and wow, yeah, it's the moment i think it's i I truly think it's the moment, and it's the moment of they got the big trade. They're going the same. I don't think New Orleans looks at well at all. Like, I don't think they look good at all. I mean, I, I, I was against playing. the trade
1: when they made it because I don't know what your ceiling is. Your ceiling is to get into the play in game and then potentially get your ass kicked. I
0: told you round. why they made the trade. They only made the trade because they know that they're getting rid of Zion Wilson next season and he's mm-hmm. not going to be a part of this team going forward. That's, I think the that's other that's the argument other
1: was you form a big three with McCollum, Ingram, and Zion for maybe half a year and you see how that looks and then maybe you flip somebody. But either yeah. way, yeah. The issue I have with this game one way or another is that even though the Pelicans covered both meetings, the Lakers were up 20 at half in the most recent meeting and then completely imploded. So the Lakers have had moments recently where they have looked okay against this team. Didn't last long. They fell apart in the second half. But even with LeBron and AD coming back, you know LeBron is rushing back from an ankle injury, not to mention all the injuries he's already had this season. AD, I'm not sure he can move, but he's, he's going to play in this game. I don't know if he can move or not. So, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think having a, let's just say 50% LeBron, which I think is fair, 50%, maybe 60% health LeBron, and maybe an 80% Anthony Davis, probably less, maybe 70%, is that good enough to beat the Pelicans? Yes. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take the Pelicans. Ooh. I think – by the way, I fully think the Lakers are going to win this game. With this roster, I don't think that's good enough. I think – I fully think the Lakers are going to win this game, but I just don't trust Lakers basketball at all, so I'm purposely just fading Lakers. The only reason that they got my bet yesterday is because even my distrust of the Lakers, I have an even stronger distrust for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, you won. And I did. I very much did. Thank you very much. Because the Jazz are absolutely horrible. But the Lakers are really, really bad too. I just – I don't think – if we look at who the Pelicans have played in this stretch, they've beaten bad teams and they've even gotten killed by decent teams and then they've lost to playoff teams. I'm not really – I don't think the Pelicans are that good. I really don't. This – I think that if anything – if the Lakers win, it's the emotionalness of AD coming back because AD has been able to come back from these injuries and have really good games off the bat and not need time to adjust. So – if they win this game, it's going to be off the back of AD and he sees that he's playing the Pelicans and they got killed by the Pelicans twice. DC, what are you doing in this one?
2: Uh, I'm backing the Lakers. I hate to do it. Lakers suck, but who are the best players on the court? Even a 50% LeBron. LeBron's always 50%. Like the fact I, that he I set, a I set of- you up for that question, though, because you thought I was just going to say <laughs> Lakers, and I'm like, no, nah, this supporting <laughs> cast is that bad. I'm going with the Pelicans anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I – I, I tend to agree. Like, I don't think the Pelicans are going to make waves in the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, I think that they've they definitely won the trade and they've been playing well um, over the second half of the season enough to get into the playoff contention. But, yeah, I, I'm not sold on them long-term here. And I think, I think LeBron does want to get into the playoffs. And I think he does want that scoring title, whether he's playing on a bum ankle or not. Like, the fact that he gets AD back makes me feel a lot better about it. Like, even if AD can only go... You know, twenty minute minute restriction. He still impacts the game, so uh, I'm gonna take the points uh, with the the Lakers here, man. I think that they shouldn't. Anytime LeBron and AD are in the lineup against a team that's tinkering on 500, like give me, give me, give me the talent all day. I know the Lakers have been awful in the first half, and especially the first quarter recently.
1: But if you want to go for a potential prop, I don't mind Lakers first half and. Full game, so it's like the halftime money line and the full game money line combo. I'm not going to take it because I think the Pelicans are going to win, but I really don't believe the Lakers can afford a slow start and find a way to win this game. I think the only way they win is if they come out and punch them in the mouth because we've seen the Lakers, especially recently, if they come out and get buried in the first 12 to 18 minutes of this game, they are going to roll over. So I think the Lakers need a good first half if they want to win this game.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They, They don't come back from games very often at all. No. Okay. While everybody gets their lock, dog, and Friday's parlay together, I'm going to talk about stable duel because there's only one sport that runs 365 days a year, and that is horse racing. And Stable Duel has everything you need to play DFS horse racing. Basically, look, I have an account. You can go out there. I'm playing today. So if you've, seen, if you've seen my stables out there, Really Rails Villains, we're going out there and we're cashing checks with the ponies. So basically what you do is you pick your horses, build your stable, and you can play against others and move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry don't know anything about horses don't worry the app gives you clear data on which horses to select build your best strategy it's free to download at stable.com multiple games are offered each day with free weekly games that tracks all over the united states get an app create your account and start building your stables today download now at stable.com and see how many winners you can pick your stable see you in the winner's circle play race and win we also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Final Four is set, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Last two weeks, Prop Soccers have been making thousands of dollars buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you are buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you, when you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or you can resell your bet and lock in a profit at any time like Patrick from New York who sold his $1,000 35 to one Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap. Patrick got a uh, plus $5,000 return on his ticket and the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app. PropSwap has fantastic features such as filtering listed tickets based on the best value. A free activity fee to stay in the know of all the big sales and the red Hot tickets for sale. A loyalty reward program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. You'll get a free deposit match of up to $500. Join the Real Sports Betters on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Lock Dog. Friday's Parlays. Scott, what do you have for us today?
1: So I came into this podcast immediately thinking I was just going to do Celtics team total over and call it a day. However, I'm going to pivot a little bit. I'm actually going to go with the under in the Nuggets and Timberwolves game. I know there's been a lot of money on the over. I think it's been way too much money. But I do expect a playoff atmosphere between two teams that really need it. And we saw what happened with the Nets and the Bucs yesterday. We know the Nets' defense with Kyrie is on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the NBA. And yet, it still actually kind of did decently, at least for a portion of the game there, because of the slow pace and the actual atmosphere there late. I expect a close game between Minnesota and Denver. But 142 and a half. You can go through the meetings this season. Uh, the first two meetings, first one landed 184. Second one landed at 231. Third one landed 245, but Minnesota shot 49-plus percent from the floor, 42-plus percent from three, and you had 67 points in the fourth quarter. So you had a massive outlier fourth quarter which sent it over. 242-and-a-half for a playoff atmosphere, I think it's way too high. I think this game lands in the 230s. I'm taking the under.
0: All right what's the
1: what's your dog so my dog for this one? I really didn't like many on the card, to be honest, but I might surprise you a little bit here. it's not going to be the clippers because they killed me yesterday. i can't believe they lost to Chicago. They absolutely mm-hmm. just choked that game away so hard. i can't do it. I know one of you is going to take Oklahoma City, so I'm not going to do that to you i'm going to take Houston. I think that the second game in a two-game set where the first game came down to a final possession. The fact that Sacramento's favored again I think is a bit concerning because I do think these teams are pretty close. But Houston's at home. They are the more talented team. Porter did what he wanted. Green's still very good. And Houston's bench is not terrible. I'll take Houston at home on the money line at plus money against a Sacramento team that's atrocious on the road. Give me Houston.
0: All right. Wait, so over, before you go, Dan, I'm just go ahead, throw this information out because it happened over the course of while we were <laughs> while we were recording. So the Bucks Clippers game, let me just go ahead and rule and tell you everybody that's been ruled out. Paul George is out. Marcus Morris is out. Nicholas Batum is out. Reggie Jackson is out. Brandon Boston is out. Giannis Antetokounmpo is out. I was right. Let's Chris go. Middleton, I said Giannis would Chris be out. Chris Middleton go. is out. Chris Middleton is out. Drew Holiday is out. Brooke Lopez is out. So do with that information as you want. The line is now plus four. Do so, so you're taking Clippers money on
1: because you've seen them come back from 37 down with nobody before. So you're just going to take the Clippers, yep. right?
2: Dude, this is the Clippers roster beforehand. Might as well, Reggie Jackson. Like, give me them eight and a half that I just that I bought out last night. I'm feeling great about that shit. Hell yeah. All right. That also could have gone easily the other way if Giannis and Chris Middleton and <laughs> Drew they were playing. I Hey, Giannis not playing, though. I'm going to pat myself on the back for yeah. just a
0: random hunch. <laughs> so, Scott, do you have a Friday party?
1: Oh, uh, if you still do I have one,
0: it, if you still need to work at it, school.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to work that out while you guys uh, right. do your locking dog.
0: Dan, what's your
2: locking dog? Uh, So I'll start with my dog. I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies 7.5 against the Suns. Um, I just think that's too many points with a team that, you know, they, they went to battle. John Moran hit a game nice little game winner. He's obviously not playing. They're playing with scrubs here, but I think that the Memphis Grizzlies have one of the deepest benches in the league right now. They've been holding it down without their superstar. They're not going to be with Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr., which is certainly going to matter, but I think this is a good time to get Dylan Brooks, a dog himself, um, some reps uh, with this second unit. Tyus Jones has been holding it down as well. Um, I think Zaire Williams, as Rel was saying, is going to have a good game. Um, This is a deep bench. They have a front court that can hang with this Phoenix Suns team. Um, I like the Memphis Grizzlies here. They've proven to be a good team without their superstars, so I think seven and a half still might be too many points. For my best bet, I'm going with the Boston Celtics minus four and a half. I think that I just saw some four and a halfs out there. First quarter versus the Indiana Pacers. Celtics lost a, a, a rough game against the Miami Heat. I think that one certainly stung a little bit. I think this is a great bounce back, get right spot for them. A team that's been 5-0 and oh in the first quarter against the spread in their last five games. This team is good. You know, they're still adjusting without Robert Williams, but no problems or issues having Al Horford, man. The uh, front court, as well as Daniel Tice. I think we'll see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both get busy on that perimeter. Buddy Heald plays no defense. Malcolm Brogdon, maybe he plays. More than likely he doesn't. So I just don't see a lot of scoring output on the Indiana side that they're going to be able to keep pace with this uh, Boston Celtics team. So I'm going to take four and a half with the Celtics. And I got my parlay for you as well. Let me just run into that. I'm going to take the Lakers money line plus 100 take the Boston Celtics money line first quarter Grizzlies seven and a half and Toronto Raptors money line pays out five to one let's go
0: all right I like it okay we have a lot that is going on here this slate actually annoys me okay for my lock i'm gonna go toronto minus 11 yeah the the fourth quarter thing is really just what seals the deal for for me with orlando magic and toronto quietly has one of the best offices in the past five games so i'm just gonna go ahead and bank on the better team just routing orlando all the way through here give me toronto minus 11 that's my lock for my dog of course, I have so many options to choose from, so many things to tell you. But would I not be me if I didn't just take the one that is nine to 9-1? So give me the Portland Trailblazers on the money line to upset the San Antonio Spurs as they look two games past them in this two-game set. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but I'll sprinkle on them to do it. I like it. It's for my locks for the show – of course, I have the Raptors, minus 11, Portland, plus 15.5 will be in there. I'm locking up the Clippers at plus four, even though the odds change. I'm locking them at plus four because this team – this has literally been the team that they've been playing with all year. And over the course of the entire season, the Bucks have the 27th-ranked bench scoring in the league, 27. In the past five games, they're at 24. Their bench is absolutely atrocious, whereas the Clippers have one of the best bench units in the league. So it's the it's pretty is much their bench. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> yeah, like it's their like the, the whole time. the whole team is bench players, and they're yeah. all still they all still score. So yeah. I'm I'm not i fa- I'm not fading. I'm not backing this Bucks team, especially laying four with these all these guys out. And this Clippers team been basically playing with this unit. And not to mention the in-game adjustments that I know Ty to make. They're probably losing this game at halftime, make some adjustments, and come out with the win. So locking up the Clippers at plus four. I already told you I'm locking up the OKC at plus five. Anything else I want to lock up on this slate? Mm, No, no, that's about it. And then for my Friday's parlay, I'm going to give you Dallas and Washington under. I like that. We're going to do the Raptors minus 11. I think that's a good one. Just go ahead and get two early wins right there. We're going to come back, and we're going to go to the under in the Denver Nuggets game and Timberwolves game. I really like that play. And then what do I want to do? Do I want to do some nice? Yeah, let's just – yeah, uh, yeah. let's take the – let's take the Clippers plus four. Yeah, fuck it. Let's take Clippers plus four. That's going to pay you 12 to one. So we got the under in the, in the Wizards-Dallas game. We have Toronto minus 11. The Clippers plus four and the under in the Timberwolves-Nuggets game. That's 12 to one. Thank you to my good friends over at WinBet. Scott, what's your parlay?
1: All right, so I'm going to do a player prop parlay uh, that pays out at about 12 to one. I'm gonna go first leg. I'm gonna take Chris Paul double double and Phoenix to win. Whether you think Memphis covers or not, I think Phoenix will win the game. But Chris Paul, we know just he's an assist god, and I think they'll do well. So that's plus 150. I'm gonna parlay that with Jalen Green over three and a half three pointers. He's been chucking them. Uh, it's about plus 134 on Fanduel. Well, that's a hell of a deal because he's made it at least five in each of the last three games. He's attempted at least 10 in each of the last four. So he's been chucking them. And I also like Jason Tatum, 30-plus points and Boston to win at plus 130. Indiana gives up points at will. So those three picks pay out at plus 1245.
0: All right. I like it. You guys have a lot of options to pick from today. Scott, talk to the people. Where can they find you?
1: So you can find me on Twitter at Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio, Besides that, looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to some Final Four basketball. Let's go, North Carolina, and let's see what happens.
0: Yes, sir. Tar. Eel Nation. Let's go. All
2: right. DT, where can I find you at? Get me up on Twitter at Dan Titus. Um, listen to the Buckets podcast for any. Other Betty recommendations, fantasy season's over, so um, yeah, not doing that podcast anymore, but uh, we'll be on the prop cast later today talking football, so never too early to talk uh NFL trades and off season. we got the draft coming up, so a lot of good shit coming from sGpn for that, and uh yeah, like Scott said, final four weekend, repping the Hokies. so fuck Duke, let's go UNC. I got a ticket for Kansas to win it all. So hopefully uh, that comes to fruition. But, yeah, man, expecting a good game out of a, both both great matchups that we could ask – best matchups we could ask for for Final Four. So I'm excited to watch it.
0: All right. And you all know where to find me, at where really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter, where I am having an incredible week in picks, top five in – tally site for nba picks on the week join the slack channel sg.pn slash slack hop in there talk with me talk moon i'll talk with all the guys as they go and watch this either really good or really bad nba slate it's gonna be one or the other i think it's gonna be really good because it's gonna there's going to be some upsets, like a 9 to 1 upset for the Portland Trailblazers. And that's how I'm going to end the pod because I don't have any other way of ending the pod because I am not good at this and I have no idea of a really cool catchphrase that people will say and repeat all the time as I end the pod. So I'm just going to end the pod like this. We are out. Basketball,
2: give me, give me, give me the ball